I think of green. I don't think of strawberry. Yeah, I don't know. That was weird when you when you said that. I'm like strawberry. I would think I get red or... raspberry. Like right. Right. I thought red would be cherry, but right. Everybody, we're just talking about. Um, this is the Broken State Podcast. I'm sitting here in my brother's office. Who's a pastor? He had a big bucket of candy, and I'm sorry I dug into it. <laughs> that is Harboro. I think that's how you say H A R I B O. Gold uh, gold bears. They're not gummy, but gold bears. Let me know. Um, hit us up if you know us. When you think of the color green, do you think of strawberry? Because the green flavor in these gold bears says it's strawberry. Tastes like strawberry, but I just think I think of apple. If you're thinking of a green candy flavor, you would think apple. Granted, there are red apples, right? In real life, but still. Anyways, it's pretty good. Thank you, Pastor Matt, for the candy that you did not say I could have, but I dug into anyways. <laughs> this is the Brokenness to Faith podcast. We're still trucking along with the Beatitudes. We took a break last week because our schedules didn't match up. <laughs> so I gave Noah the spotlight. He needed the spiritual points. It's our agent's fault. They don't do good yeah. scheduling. <laughs> Sadio. Our people and your people don't. Sadio. Well, your don't people. communicate well. Your people after work just can't do anything, apparently. They're too yeah, tired. Okay. <laughs> um, so we're going to get into it. If you've been following us on the Beatitudes, we are in verses 10 to 12. Um, part of the Bible that I'm reading here, the subheading says, The world's reception of these kind of people, persecution. Mm. Um, so I'm going to do my best as we read these. To not get into my rant during the Beatitudes I've had about straight up the church isn't persecuted in America. Most of you, you either already agree with me or you already just think I'm wrong on this. And it is, and I probably will slip it in there because there's some more stuff that has come up in my mind that has bothered the crap out of me. Um, So I might bring up a little story, but I won't go on a rant. Let's read it. Verses 10 to 12. Um, Again, this is Brogan's Faith Podcast. Yada, yada, yada. Thank you for listening. Here we go. Blessed are those, verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice, and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Mm. Um, so bullet points, really quick, the first thing I want to say, yes, Matt, I said really quick, um, <laughs> Overall, when we're talking about this persecution, one thing we need to get straight now um, that kind of gets overlooked, and this should be the theme of our whole thing, or part of it, I should say, is rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Mm. When you are persecuted, there's two things I want to say here. There are people who have died at the stake in other countries, and they died with a smile on their face. Because this is the type of persecution they're happy for. Do I want to see Christians die? No, I want them to live as long as possible so we can reach more people, right? You know, but when you're when you're proclaiming Christ in other countries or anywhere really, and you could be, you know, killed for it, imprisoned for it, these some of these people are rejoicing. That's the type of persecution right. we should be uh, glad of to, to to have in our hearts, you know. But when we get persecuted, when we feel like we're getting persecuted over something and we're getting mad about it, 
then maybe that persecution isn't legitimately Christian persecution. You know, mask mandates. I mean, uh, different things going on, say, in the world in America. And we get mad when someone's, like, in a sense, persecuting us. Is that really legitimate, the persecution God's talking about here? Or is that something we should just be on board with, you know, to better people around us? Um, blessed are those who are persecuted. Let's let's nail that down. These blessed ones are persecuted for righteousness' sake and for Jesus' sake, because he says, for my sake. It, you know, if you read it, for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it says, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. That's later on. Not only is this for Jesus' sake, it's not for their own stupidity or... Um, Peter recognized that suffering might come to some Christians for reasons other than their faithfulness to Jesus. Um, if we look at 1 Peter, and I, I want to pull it up here really quick, and I should have had it. Oh, say, on, sorry. 1 Peter 4. This is the other persecution um, that Peter uh, talks about because, um, you know, there are going to be reasons. That Christians, um, that suffering might come to some Christians other than um, their faithfulness to Jesus. And if we look at it here in 1 Peter chapter 4, 15, verses 15, 16 says, If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer, as a murderer or thief, or any other kind of criminal, or even as a meddler. However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. Mm. Praise God that you bear that name. But see, that type of persecution Peter's talking about, that's not what Jesus addresses here. Now, that doesn't mean what Jesus is addressing here. The point I want to make is, isn't that's the only persecution you're going to get? No, there are other kinds, but this is what Jesus is talking about here. The persecution he's talking about here for righteousness' sake. Um, and he's talking about the persecution. Um, from those who revile you and say all kinds of evil against you because you stand for my name. The character the traits described in all the Beatitudes we're talking about are not valued by our modern culture. And I truly, truly, truly believe that. I like what this person said. I wrote in my notes. You see like all these award ceremonies for music awards or right. country music awards or the Dove Awards. You're an OG Christian if you know the Dove Awards. <laughs> you know, all these different awards, you know, for actors and all these different things. Or even, like, sports awards, like right. MVP. But you're never going to see an award. And we're never going to recognize someone for most pure in heart. Dang. Right? Or <laughs> the award for most poor in spirit goes to... Right. You know, you're not, you're not going to see that. Though our culture doesn't think much of these character traits... They do describe the character of the citizens of God's kingdom. So really, if you want to be a citizen of God's kingdom, if you want to be like that, we need to value these traits. And we don't see that in modern culture. And maybe that's why we think we're persecuted over things we're really not being persecuted about. People are saying things to us about this mask, wearing masks, or different things. And we, we have become babies, and we consider that in America... We're getting persecuted. Like, when really, if we were applying the Beatitudes to our lives 
in helping spread those Beatitudes once we have them ourselves first, not that we're perfect, and we move them to other people and we start showing that through our lifestyle and through our words. Because remember, as Christians, it's not just, well, I show my faith through my lifestyle, yet you never preach Jesus, they'll never know. But if you just share Jesus on the street corner and yap away, but your, but your lifestyle shows otherwise, that's no good. But if we're using the Beatitudes, we can have this balance, and that can help us become a character, show us the character traits of being a citizen of God's kingdom. And talking about this persecution, so the king adds an eighth Beatitude, and that a double one, for those, be, for those who, because of their loyalty, they endure suffering. Those Christians who legitimately are loyal to God, they're following these Beatitudes. Right. And you're not truly loyal. You say, I've been going to church for years doesn't matter. I don't care. I went to church for years, and I ended up in therapy for two years, and I freaking went away and did all these stupid things. Just because you go to church every week, just because you think you read your Bible. I know Christians who know their Bible, people who claim to be Christian know their Bible up and down, but yet they can't bring themselves to sit in a church service. Right. And I know people who sit in church service every week, and they can't bring themselves in the, in the morning to read their Bible. I know people who it's easy for them to pray for a half an hour, yet they can't bring themselves to listen to worship music. And I know people, it's easy to raise their hands and worship, but it's hard to, to watch a 20-minute video our church puts out on a Bible, on a Bible study. Right. You, you're not loyal. I'm not saying you, have, you, can't be, you can't be perfect, like you have to be perfect, but to be loyal, it, you have to have these traits. And to think we're persecuted when we're not just shows that the traits we think we have in the Beatitudes are flawed because we don't truly have all these Beatitudes. If we think because of what's going on in the pandemic, we think we're being persecuted right now. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. A couple of things I want to start by saying here is... Amen. That's good enough for me, man. <laughs> good. That's all Let's I want to say. Um, no, I, a couple of things I, I find interesting, particularly about verse 10 before we get to 11 and 12. Um, I think this is what episode four or five we're doing on the beatitudes and this will be the fourth or fifth time that say each of these build upon the last right? right we say this every episode but it's true i do my covid and, rant and you do the and sen- say, you do the sensible the, the, build, the everything yeah. goes in order so good <laughs> I, job. I had to nail it for this episode okay. but i think this one is really I, I love this that this is the last one right that we see because you're not going to get persecuted if you're not doing the previous seven Beatitudes that we talked about, right? That's right. Not only do each of those build on each other, but you're not going to get in this position of persecution without that. Now, why does that matter? You know, why It's almost as if we want that persecution. Why? Because, you know, Jesus tells us that yours is the kingdom. If you're getting persecuted, that means you're doing something right. That means you're righteous. That means you are you know, a child of God. That means you've done all these other things to get to this point. So it's almost as bad as persecution can be, whether we are actually facing it or not. It's almost like the the sign that you've you've done it, right? That mm-hmm. you've kind of made it to where we should be, right? Not perfection, but where we should be as Christians in a sense, you know? And so persecution kind of is that benchmark. As bad as it can be, it's sort of the sign that, hey, you are doing something right. You know, you've done these other eight Beatitudes, and now you're at this point where the world sees that, and they see what you're doing. Um, The other thing I find interesting is that this is the first Beatitude where it's not necessarily about what we do, right? The previous ones are you have to be poor spirit, you have to be meek, you have to be peacemakers, yada, yada. This one is 
you know, this has nothing to do with what you're doing because you've already done everything. This is just what's happening to you now, right? This is kind of the response to what you've already done. Um, I don't want to talk about verse 12. Yeah, I know you already talked about rejoicing, glad, being glad, but I'll wait to talk about that. Um, I think that's it for verse 10. Yeah. I'll move on to verse 11 because I got more to say about verse 11 and 12, but I want to wait. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to jump too far. The reason I brought up that in the very beginning is to rejoice is because all this persecution we're talking about today, if you're not rejoicing about being persecuted, then either you're not legitimately a, a Christian or striving to be a strong Christian or um, there's just some spiritual character flaws that you know we need to seriously right. work on. And you can say, well, well, I'm only human. It doesn't, you can't do that. You can't have it both ways. Um, but this whole topic of persecution, how we react to it is how um, the world today will respond to our Christianity. Mm. And that's why I think this one might be last. Because this, like you said, it builds up and it prepares us to spread the good news. You say, spread the good news? This is talking about persecution. How you respond to your, this persecution will, in turn, show and prove how the world you know, sees us as Christians. And there will be people who always persecute. So they day they die. There will be people, based on how you respond to persecution, whether it be from them or someone they see doing to you, how you respond to that right. on a daily basis. And those extremes, we support them, Dr. Matthew Thomas, in his Bible school, in his orphanage, or men's home, boys' home, in India, right? They send people to villages in areas that are totally different, that are like, just like villages, legitimate, not like like restaurants and things like that. Someone will go share the gospel there. They'll get beheaded. Mm-hmm. This has happened before. And there's stories of where... Um, Matthew Thomas will tell the team, hey, the school, hey, this is what happened. They pray, they seek, and then eventually they're strategizing and seeking and praying about which one is going to be willing to go there again, go there next. So right. this guy gets beheaded. Most people in a world situation, okay, okay, we're good. Maybe you're some world organization trying to bring water or something, and you get beheaded. That, those, that organization will be like, all right, peace out. We're not going to bother coming here again. But Christians, they're saying, hey, this this happened to him, this happened to her, whatever. Who's next? Who's going to... And you know what? How many organizations, I mean, how many of these villages might get saved? Because they're going to look, we just persecuted so-and-so. Right. Now, you're back, in a sense, to get more. But you've come to tell us about Christ, knowing your friend got persecuted and died. Knowing that we killed him. So you must truly believe what you believe. And that's why I go back to, you know, COVID. I don't want to keep bringing that up, but that's what we're in right now. <laughs> is if we keep going about what we need to go about as Christians and following these Beatitudes during COVID, people will be like, wow, during all this time, how the world's doing, you're still being a good neighbor. You're still loving on people. You're not one of these crazy churches that's been open the whole time disregarding public safety. You're not one of these churches that, that's on this and that. You have truly been someone who has met the needs. Maybe you're not vaccinated, but 
you're you're putting on a mask when you go talk to people who right. are who who might take it more seriously, whether they're vaccinated or not. All these different things, you know, these are things we need to do. We had a a new person come Wednesday, last Wednesday. We're recording this on a Wednesday. We have midweek prayer. And our church has laxed the mask thing recently, but we're not one of those crazy churches say, you know, there's churches out that say, um, maskless church, don't bring in a mask. And right. it's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. But we want to wear a mask, we'll happily have you love on you. We're not crazy. We're not doing things that would spread COVID per se, like we're huddling around and chanting things. And But there was a lady in our church, shout out to my landlord, she's probably listening, and she felt led to pray for this, this young lady. She didn't have her mask, you know, on her, so she went to our church office, grabbed the mask, because we have a bunch, went over during, like, some specialty, just music playing, no lyric, no singing prayer time. She put on a mask and prayed for her. Right. That was, like, respectful thing to do, despite what maybe political beliefs, difference, I don't know. She said, as a Christian, some people would say, ah, oh, screw that, I'm just going to go put, no. She didn't just, I'm just going to go pray. No, she's like, she was sensitive to what she perceived as someone's feelings towards this. And she put on a mask. When when that person was getting ready to leave after service, I've been trying to carry a mask with me everywhere. So I just, I put it on and I went and talked to this lady. And that's, that's when we talked for like probably 10 minutes. And I actually didn't do all the talking. It was, it was, it was amazing, right? <laughs> you know, and... The story she shared about how she knew of our, her aunt goes to a sister church, and, and then she found out about us through the trunk or treat we did. And it was just this interesting thing how her her aunt's pastor or whatever started this church, you know, many years ago. But she didn't really know that for sure. But she kept driving by here, heard of the trunk or treat from a friend, decided to come on a prayer service. And I might have not learned any of that if I didn't put on a mask. And go talk to her, but we believe in persecution, so I'm not going to wear a mask. It's this isn't the persecution Jesus is talking about, and there's nowhere in the Bible this persecution you believe in during this mask mandate and stuff is even found to be biblical. You're just <laughs> trying to get your all right. right extremist, you know, belief ways about why we're losing our religious freedoms, <laughs> and it's sad. Right. So uh, go to verse 11. Let's do it. Well, real quick, two things I wanted to amen to add on. Um, what you're describing there is what we talked about two episodes ago, which is being a peacemaker. Hey, right? I got one like right. on the head. Like that's what came to my mind is you know being that peacemaker. You know, trying to find ways to not make situations difficult, not create challenge of people. You know, being able to, in a sense, adapt, not conform, but adapt to the situation as necessary. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that also kind of, you know, leads in a little bit to verse 12. But, you know, if somebody is insulting you, if somebody is persecuting you, if they're lying against you, right, if you're not a peacemaker, if you're not meek, if you're not these things, you're not going to be able to effectively respond in, you know, joy or gladness or whatever. We'll talk about it in a bit. So, again, it just goes to show that you have to have these previous things in order to, you know, effectively handle persecution and be able to respond to it effectively. And one other side note that came to my mind, you know, you're talking about how the church in America isn't necessarily facing persecution and whatnot. Um, and I just had the thought that, you know, sometimes the persecution we face isn't necessarily, you know, 
of the physical world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it might not be our neighbors, our coworkers, or even our government persecuting us. Um, Ephesians 6.12 came to mind where Paul says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Um, and there's a lot theologically to unpack about that um, It's a lot that of tabs verse. on your phone. It is, yeah. Don't look at the tabs. Yeah, but yeah, but <laughs> I like tabs tabs. Open on your phone. I'm one of those kind of people. Um, but, you know, sometimes... Don't look at the tabs. <laughs> sometimes we could be facing persecution that is, you know, spiritual persecution, mm-hmm. right? And we might not even realize it's going on, you know, spiritual warfare, all that stuff, which is, again, a whole theological rabbit hole to go down. But a side note to your side note, I think that could come to the spiritual sense is Satan is using... Christian nationalism, and he's using social justice liberalism pitted against each other. Right. And now everyone's fighting against each other. And now the church's persecution isn't necessarily the enemy. It's the other Christian. Right. It's the right Christian versus the left Christian versus the libertarian Christian, if that's such a thing. I don't know. I'm sure they're out there. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. <laughs> you, you, you're one. That's persecution we're seeing is the church versus right. the church. And... It's ridiculous. Because so my, my point to say is that persecution isn't always a government against the believer or, yeah. you know, like a someone king or in power. Suppressor. Right. Like it, you it see can, in India or other countries. Right. It, it, my point to say is that it can come in different ways. It can come from spiritual sources. It can come from within the church itself. It can come in many different ways. Um, and I think that that's important to know that, you know, we don't want to just get fixated on, oh, the government is persecuting us whatever right like it can come in so many ways and if we narrow our focus too much on one form of persecution then we ignore something else that's gonna grow and be bad right which is gonna grow and you know if we're ignoring you know persecution from spiritual forces then obviously we're not fighting the spiritual battles if we're ignoring persecution from other christians against you know somebody in the church because they believe a different doctrine or practice the faith in a slightly different way you know, if we ignore that persecution, then we divide the church, right? So I just wanted to put that side note that persecution can come in many different forms beyond what we traditionally mm-hmm. think of what the Bible often says, you know, when it's talking about persecution, which is usually to underground Christians, it can come in other ways than that. Well, Christians in America, it doesn't matter who's your governor, who's your president, whoever gets in office, there's going to be a group of Christians who think they're persecuted right. solely that because yeah. <laughs> that per- people people tell me, oh, Biden's in office. We're, dude, look at the way, you know, you know, the USA's going, and I roll my eyes. And I'm conservative, <laughs> but I roll my eyes. And then when Trump's president, you see, dude, look at the way our country's going. Look what's going to happen. And I roll my eyes. It's silly. It's ridiculous. No one politician is ruining our country. Our belief system and us as the Christians should be doing a better job to where it shouldn't matter if it's Trump or Biden or Arnold Schwarzenegger or, you know, Gavin Newsom right. or whoever. It should not matter. Yeah. Ver- verse 11, let's go. Um, I think I might just jump straight to verse 12. Okay, then let me... Right. Um, well, read, read, verse, read verse 11 for sure. me. Verse 11. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. So quickly, um, I got here on those notes. Um, Jesus here speaks of it's not just physical, but there can be 
um, insults, right. um, spoken, you know, verbiage that can hurt into the spirit of persecution. He's not just talking when he talks about this persecution. He's not just talking about stoning and and getting stoned and not the modern sense where getting high and people are idiots. You know, we're talking like they would throw they would throw stuff at you until freaking they they thought you were dead. We cannot limit our idea of persecution to only physical opposition or torture. In America, we don't see much physical opposition for um, for persecution in the church. Now, you did have that guy, I forget his name, who tried to shoot up the AME church, the, the American, right. Episcopal, American Methodist Episcopal Church, African uh, Methodist Episcopal Church. So there is some form of churches being shot at and things like that, and there are things that happen. But you look at it, verse 10, they are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And in verse 11, they are persecuted for the sake of Jesus. Right. This shows that Jesus expected that their righteous lives would be lived after his example and in honor to him. And going back to what you said earlier in, in almost every episode, that comes <laughs> down to us living these traits out. Because if no one's saying these things about you, are you living out these Beatitudes? Now, there's a difference, though, because i got to make this clear. There's a difference between you living out God and getting verbally persecuted and you just being a Christian douchebag, and that's why they're <laughs> saying these things. Right. You acting like you're better than other people. You saying, our church has been open the whole time in COVID and saying these things that are so insensitive and so like jerk-like and all these things. That And then they say things to you. That's not you being verbally persecuted like Jesus said could happen. That's just you being a Christian freaking douchebag. And I would almost venture to say, are you really a Christian if you act like that? Right. Just because people say mean things to you doesn't automatically mean it's Christian persecution. It just means you're you're freaking an idiot. You know what I mean? And um, it did it did not take long for these words of Jesus to ring true to his followers. Early Christians heard many enemies say all kinds of evil against them falsely for Jesus' sake. I mean, just a few things I re I, I have here on my phone notes. Christians were accused of cannibalism because of gross and deliberate misrepresentation of the practice of the Lord's Supper, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. I immorality because of gross, deliberate misrepresentation of weekly love feasts in their private meetings. Um, we have one splitting families because when one marriage partner or parent became a Christian, there was often change in the vision in the family. And treason because they would not honor the Roman gods and, pra and participate in emperor worship. Right. You know, that's that's what was going on there. And um, so even in their day, people people did that. And in today's day and age, people are going to misinterpret the scripture. Look at politics. If, you're, if, if people deem you as Christian nationalism, they're legitimate Christians who are being called that. Not all, because some are truly Christian nationalists. But there are some who, genuine Christians who are labeled that because people misinterpret scripture. And then there are people on the left who are getting labeled you're just social ju you're just woke social justice christians and all this when really they're genuine christians who truly just want to make a change in the world and the, the people on the right are misinterpreting turn scriptures to call them woke you know social justice warriors you know critical race theory you know warriors on the internet typing up stuff and all it and we have this interpretation of of how evil we think the the right Christian is and how evil we think the left Christian is. And the the part of our persecution in America is the right and the left Christian fighting with each other. You know, newsflash to all those who voted for Trump and newsflash to all those who voted for Biden. Before there was Christian politics, 
there was just Christians. Right. Before there was American politics, there was just the only politics really were of that in the Bible and what we saw and how people didn't bow down in certain things and how in other parts people did whatever it took to follow what what their emperor, what their king wanted. Even if it, even if people felt like that was persecution, they did it to show Christ. Those are the types of things we saw. But we take, you know, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, right? They, they stood up. We take that as, they're telling us to wear a mask. I'm going to stand up to that and not bow down. That's, their, their, theirs was way more extreme than yours. It's like we moved the bar a lot closer so we can jump, jump over it. And we think, okay, they've crossed the line. Well, you set the bar so low, any little thing Newsom says, you say, he crossed the line. Any little thing binds us, he crossed the line. Do you see that tone in Trump's voice? He crossed the line. It's like we don't even realize what true persecution is, and Satan's used that to make that persecution amongst each other. So our main persecution is the second persecution Jesus talks about is the verbiage. We're just spewing hate against each other. And we're not doing physical persecution because we go up to as far as we can because the moment we do physical persecution, we'll go to jail or, or... and we'll be and we don't want that. So we try to go as far as we can. And it reminds me of how Jesus talks about he talks about it later in the chapter, which we'll get to probably in ten million episodes, <laughs> is when you know when he talks about lust in your heart, when he talks about you know hatred in your heart. It it is said, or you know, he says, You have heard about committing murder is wrong. But I say to you, you know, if you hate your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. He says that because people in that day they didn't read the scripture. They heard it from, from, the, from the priest, from the Pharisees who studied the scripture. Because they only followed the outside law. If you murder, okay, that's bad. But if you commit it in your heart, well, they didn't want to talk about that. Because those guys, that's, they, they, they talked about people in their heart. That's right. where Jesus is bringing this last uh, beatitude here. Because you will face persecution verbally too. Because there are Christians out there who know, oh, I'm not going to murder. But, oh, I'm not going to look at pornography. But they will go as far as to lust after that man or woman at the mall or jogging. I'll be honest, I've been going to the wreck. And sometimes there's there's women there who aren't wearing much clothes. And I just, I got to immediately remember, okay, put on that, that Christian music, just put my head down and work out. I just got to do it, right? Because we go as far as I'm not going to go sleep with her or I'm not going to... I'm not going to go murder that Christian or that person, even though they're left and you can't be a Democrat and a Christian, blah, blah, in their mindset, but we'll hate them in their heart. We are the persecution to the church. We ourselves as Christians look at life. Are you the persecution, the verbal persecution Jesus is talking about, whether it be outwardly or in your heart? Because he might not be talking about in your heart per se now, but he will in a few verses later. Are you persecuting people in your heart? Because not only are you persecuting them in your heart, them, but you're persecuting yourself. And I'd hate to be that person on Judgment Day when you think you are this good Christian when all you were was someone who went to a Christian country club on Sundays meeting with other people. And when yet you hated half of them because of their political beliefs or because they decided to wear a mask. Because you got caught up into the politics of who's in office instead of the politics of Jesus, which was more about kingdom work. Mm. Verse 12. Or side note. One more, yeah, one more side note that came to mind. Amen. Um, Because, again, I think we're kind of honing on this idea that persecution is more than just, you know, a government against its people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And two things came to my mind. One is when you look at the past, you know, thousand years of history, right, one of the biggest persecutors of 
the Christian faith was the Catholic Church, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they would burn people at the stake for reading the Bible or translating the Bible. Mm -hmm. Or, you know what I mean? If you didn't follow the words of what the Pope or the priest said, you were, you know, thrown out, yeah. excommunicated, burned at the stake, right? You know, it took a massive, massive social revolution to finally break away from that in the Protestant Reformation, you know what I mean? Like, it was the Catholic Church that was leading a huge, huge drive against Christians and against true biblical faith. And even further, you look at Jesus himself, right? We think, who's responsible for Jesus' death? We think, oh, the Roman government. Well, think about it. You know, who brought Jesus to Pontius Pilate, right? Mm -hmm. Who were the ones that forced his hand, even though he found Jesus innocent? That's you good. Know, it was like it. it was the Pharisees. It was the religious leaders. You know, so even with Jesus, his persecution came largely from the 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 Jewish, not, not the church, but you know the the Jewish leadership at the time. You know, the Roman government really didn't play any part in his persecution beyond carrying out the sentence. You know, the whole gospel it was the the Pharisees. You know, they were always the one hunting him down, chasing him down, running him out. You know what I mean? Um, and, and so it just one that that final side note again is just reinforcing this point that persecution doesn't always come in the way we think it does. You know, we kind of have to look inwards at ourselves and our, our local churches and you know Christianity as a whole to say, are we playing a part in persecution against each other because mm -hmm. somebody is doing something we don't like or behaving in a way we don't appreciate or whatever? You know, um, so that's the last side point. Move on to verse twelve. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets uh, who were before you. Um, now I have the Greek word for rejoice and glad, and I want to go ahead and read those. Um, let, I got one here too. Sure. Let's see if they match up. Oh, um, you got the Greek word, sir. Um, the, I, well, I'm not going to say the word because I'm just, I'm over looking <laughs> stupid. Uh uh, that the persecuted, uh, the the we could translate exceeding be rejoice and be exceedingly glad. We can um, the definition you could translate is to leap for joy. Yeah, that's what I had to leap. Yes, to leap. Uh, I don't know what exactly it says, but it's, uh, let me read it. To getting so glad one jumps in celebration. Yeah, like yeah, that's a pretty intense word for joy <laughs> mm -hmm. like we think of it as just oh you know i'll be happy i'll have a smile on my face no it means like to get so overwhelmingly happy that you're jumping for joy like i can't remember any time in my life being so happy that i jumped for joy like, i've never seen you jump for joy ever <laughs> have you ever jumped for joy well, i'm not married so no okay not yet um but yeah like that's that word and, and to me that's such a like a surreal image that we don't think about today, but that's how serious Jesus was about this. It's like, you should be overwhelmingly, you know, jumping for joy, exalting at the fact that you're being persecuted. And I think that, again, that kind of goes back to what I said earlier, that to be persecuted to some extent means that you're doing something right, right? Yeah. If it's honest, true persecution, if we're honest with ourselves and we're actually being, you know, persecuted because of our faith, because we're doing what Jesus said in the Beatitudes and actually living like him, then yeah, we should be glad because that means, hey, I'm counted righteous. And right? it means you'll be, if if what you're doing, look at the people who have done what you have done. Right. So if you say, you know, oh, I'm going to go off and do this, this is great. And you look at the people before you've done that and, it, and they're all bad people. 
maybe that's a sign like who you hang out with kind of creates who you are type of thing you know so if you if you're like man i'm gonna sell these i'm gonna do weed and it's just gonna be cool it's gonna be good for me and you look at all the people around you have done that what they've accomplished or Right. Drug dealers or whatever, and you look at what they come. Now look at on the flip side here, because the point I wanted to get to is, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You being persecuted, look at the company you would be in. Yeah, that's a good company. Is what you are doing <laughs> putting you in the company of like a Judas? Or is what you are doing putting you in the company of the prophets before you? Yeah. Are, you, are, are your actions going to put you in the place of a Judas? Or your actions going to put you in the place with like the prophets? Like think like Daniel or you know, we mentioned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're not prophets. It's kind of the same idea. Yeah. Um, and then there's the word for rejoice, uh, which is Cairo, I think. I don't know. Um, but this word means to delight in God's grace, or the literal meaning is to experience God's grace. And this word shares the same root as the Greek word for grace. So mm-hmm. this word rejoice is very, very closely tied to grace. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, not only is there this idea that in persecution you will experience God's grace, which is phenomenal in its own right, but that's part of the reason to be glad is that the persecution isn't just, hey, I'm doing something right, I'm in the right company, but it's, hey, this is an opportunity to experience God's grace, mm-hmm. right? This is an opportunity to not only maybe for my personal life get through to the other side better than I was before, but like we already talked about, to shine, you know, to take that persecution and, you know, wear it proudly in a sense, right? To take that and use it for something good, you know, even if we don't see the other side of that persecution, right, in a more physical sense, you know, get beheaded or whatever, or it's more of an insult or something like that, getting through that in some capacity can be a, a testimony. It can be, mm-hmm. you know, it can be used for good. And I think that that's what makes this whole thing so great is rejoice, right? Experience God's grace and jump for joy. Mm-hmm. That's basically what those two words are saying. If you read it in that sense, it's experience God's grace and jump for joy because great is your reward in heaven. And that just makes it so much better you know Mm -hmm. and it's not even the reward in heaven because that's the next life right in this life we get to experience god's grace and can find exceeding joy despite that persecution Mm -hmm. you know and you know we look at jesus and he wasn't necessarily you know jumping for joy but i think somewhere in his heart there was that sense of you know joy knowing what he was doing Mm -hmm. knowing what the purpose of his persecution was going to the cross you know, we maybe didn't see it in, in the scripture, but I believe that he had that joy knowing what his mission mm-hmm. was. And he definitely experienced God's grace, you mm-hmm. know, in those moments. And especially afterwards, when he came back, you know, there was grace there. There was joy there. And so, yeah, that that's kind of what verse 12 is getting at here. And it just makes it all, all the more worthwhile and all the more encouraging to just keep pushing through that persecution, whatever form it might take you know to just keep pushing through and and find a reason to be glad despite that Mm -hmm. persecution to not say oh woe is me or you know i'm just gonna lie down and take it or or get upset about it or angry about it you know take it for what it is and say hey this is an opportunity to do something good with this persecution to 
you know, not only does it mean I'm doing something right, so I should keep pushing, but I can turn this around and push it back in the face of the persecutors. And, yeah. you know, just like, you know, we mentioned Daniel or, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where, uh, is it King Nebuchadnezzar says, there's somebody else in that fire, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. he saw that persecution yeah. and he recognized that God is the true God because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they took that, they were glad in the situation, they saw God's grace and they came out on the other end better for it, you know. Um, and so I think verse 12 is really the key to this beatitude is, you know, yeah, you're going to get persecuted, but it's well and beyond worth whatever mm-hmm. turmoil comes. And know? I have what I think should end it. So if you got any final thoughts. I think I'm okay. Okay. I might, something might come to mind, but... It'll be too late. <laughs> It'll be too late. <laughs> so there are people who have died for the faith, right. genuinely. Um, one guy, I just have a few here. One guy named George Roper, he came to the stake, leaping for joy, hugged the stake. He was to be burned at mm. like it was his best friend. Dr. Taylor leapt and danced a little as he came to his execution, saying when asked how he was, he said, Well, God be praised, good master sheriff, never better, for Mm. now I am almost home. I am even at my father's house. A guy named Lawrence Sanders, who with a smiling face embraced the stake of his execution and kissed it, saying, Welcome the cross of Christ. Welcome everlasting life. Mm. Right here. There's millions of examples. I want, I want to read this quote after reading that. Yet the world persecutes these good people because the values and character expressed in these beatitudes are so opposite to the world's manner of thinking. Our persecution may not be much compared to others, but if no one speaks evil of you, are these beatitude traits of your life. Mm. Thank you guys for listening. This is the Brokenness of Faith podcast. We've been killing it with the Beatitudes by the grace of God because mm. we need to be low in spirit, so I ain't going to get cocky. <laughs> it's been a fun ride. We've been liking it, and so we're actually going to keep going. If, you, if you're if you actually listening with us, uh, every so often in your uh, Bible time, check out Matthew 5. Read ahead of the Beatitudes. See, maybe you'll see some stuff. And then when we go over the things past the Beatitudes, maybe you'll get something out of it that you didn't catch the first time. Thank you guys for listening. It's the Brokenness Faith Podcast. Share it with your friends. Remember, we're on all podcast platforms, so right. they can they can check it out from anywhere, even their computer, their iPhone, um, their Android, whatever they got, their laptop, iPad. Thank you guys for listening. Deuces.